Hello and welcome to The Home Building Hero, where we help you become the hero of your new home by providing you all the information that you need. No matter if you're building, buying, or designing your next project, we got you covered here at The Home Building Hero. Today's topic is 10 ways to get your furniture arrangement correct. Hi, I'm David Bellman, president of Bellman Homes here in Waukesha, Wisconsin. I want to thank you so much for tuning into The Home Building Hero today. And if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button to make sure that you don't miss any new episodes. So today we're talking a little bit about furniture. And uh, a lot of people are, especially with Memorial Day, um, you know, here and as you get around these uh, holidays, furniture always seems to be on people's minds. I think a lot of people like to go shopping like to pick out uh, new furniture pieces, there's lots of sales. Uh, but in order to do that, in order to really have a good uh, experience, a good design in the, the room that you're working in, you need to spend a little bit of time. And if you go through some of these tips, it will definitely improve not only the look of your room, but the layout, the function of it, and hopefully make you a lot happier in the long run. So we're going to talk a little bit about some of these different ways to improve and correct your furniture placement. So the first and foremost rule with furniture placement, number one, is to think about how the room will function. How is the room going to, to work? What are you going to do in that room? Think of how people will use it. And this will really dictate the type of furnishings that you need to put in that area. It'll determine how much seating you need if it's a family room. It'll determine, you know, how many chairs you need if it's a dining room. It'll determine, you know, what, what the purpose of the room is. If it is, a let's say, a family room, is the main purpose to sit there and watch TV? Is it to converse? Is it to read? Because once you know the main purpose in that room, you're going to potentially change the design around it, and it could have big implications. For instance, if we're talking about the reading aspect – you're going to want plenty of light and you're going to want a comfortable sitting area. And you probably don't want a ton of distractions. So maybe you don't want a TV in that type of room. However, however, if it is a TV room, then you may go differently with it. You may decide, okay, you know, everything is about making sure that we don't get light cast right on the TV, that people can view the TV from different angles, uh, that you've got comfortable seating, that everyone's not looking up or looking way down, craning their neck. Uh, to watch the TV. So all those kind of things factor in to the type of furniture and the way you're going to lay out that room. So again, the first tip is think about how the room will function. The second tip will be to start with your priority pieces of furniture. So what I mean by that is pretty simple. You're going to want to take the biggest pieces of furniture and place them first. So your big sofa, or if it's your master bedroom, it would be your bed. Or uh, the dining room, the dining room table. So you want to use that. And that usually will be the focal point in the room. Then from there, you can kind of build around it. So you, uh, it, in a family room, for example, you want to make sure that everything is not more than eight feet apart. If you're going to be having conversations. You don't want your, your, your one chair um, on the opposite end of the room where people cannot converse. And if your room is really small, you want to, you know, uh, watch how much you put in there. You don't want to put something too big in a small room because it's just going to choke it out. You're not going to even want to be in that room. And then 
The other thing with your, your pieces is just be careful with your furniture. If you have a bigger room, don't shove your furniture all the way up against a wall if you've got a larger room. Uh, leave it uh, a bit away from the wall. It just looks better. It creates a better uh, feeling of space. Otherwise, it's it, everything's going to kind of feel awkward, like everything is kind of pushed off to one side. So the third tip on furniture placement in a home is to decide for sure what your focal point is. So again, in a family room, is the focal point going to be your fireplace? Is your focal point going to be that giant picture window with the view of your lake? Is it going to be a television that you're going to be watching? Once you know what the focal point of the room is, then you're going to want to orientate the furniture around it and and then kind of build a, a, again around it. So when you have a focal point, it's just so much easier. If you're not sure what the focal point is, a lot of times you can go into those rooms and you can see it. You can see it. You just don't even know where to look. It just seems like a mess. But if you go, wow, that is a beautiful fireplace. Take a look at that fireplace. That is just outstanding. And if that's the key feature of the room, then you can put your, your viewing around that because that's going to be where everybody focuses their eyes, their conversation, your guests are going to pay attention to it. The fourth tip for great furniture placement is to consider symmetry. So there's a rule of thumb with symmetry. It's pretty simple. So if you're in a more formal room, you want everything to be symmetrical. So that's where you want to have everything match up. So if it's a formal living room, you got an end table on either side of the sofa and a lamp on each one that are both the same. Uh, it keeps that formality and it feels right in those type of rooms. Now, if you want a more casual room, like this is just sort of the living room or your, you know, your great room where everybody's sort of hanging out, then you can go with asymmetrical design. So that's where you're going to see things like um, you know, different size chairs, you may see groups of three or groups of five for, for your accents. Maybe you've got three different vases that are all different sizes. Um, that's where you see the asymmetry happen in those more casual rooms. So you can have conflicting um, moods and things if you're you know, like, let's say, in a formal dining room and everything's asymmetrical. That probably isn't going to quite fit right. That would be better for your casual dining area. So consider the use of symmetry or asymmetry in your room. The fifth tip for your furniture placement is to aim for variety. And what I mean by that is, is, again, varying the size of the furniture pieces throughout your room so that you do create different pockets of visual interest. Now, you're still going to have your focal point, but you want to vary the sizes. So this can be done both horizontally and vertically. And how we do that is, you know, to if you've got, let's say, um, a short item, then you maybe want to put a taller item uh, across the room from it, just so that it kind of gives you a sense of scale. Or um, you'll you'll see in many homes, especially like a family room, for example, that's why you have the sofa, which has the three cushions on it, it's longer, and then you have the love seat, which is shorter. You want to have that variety in sizes. And in most furniture sets you see, there'll be a chair, a sofa, and a love seat. So you've got three different sizes, and it just kind of creates that variety naturally in the room. And you can do that with the furniture. You can do that again, think of the tables. End tables are square. Um, your coffee table is usually rectangular. So again, you've got some variety there. They look similar, but they, they have different shapes to them. Or have something that's square uh, in one spot and circular in another spot. So just 
basically creating some unique elements to the room so not everything looks completely the same. All right, the sixth tip for furniture placement is to create good traffic flow. And this is always a big one for everybody, uh, traffic flow. This is not only true in family rooms and bedrooms and offices and things like that, but it's also true in your kitchen. And a lot of times people don't spend enough time thinking of the flow of their kitchen. And uh, that's uh, kind of a whole different topic for a different day. But um, in, in your furniture placement part of it, the traffic flow is huge. So you want to be careful. Like, Let's t start with a dining room, for example. In a dining room, you want to make sure that you've got plenty of room for those chairs to pull out from the table and not hit the wall. You need to make sure there's enough space between the chairs so that everyone and all your guests have room. And those are very important factors to start with right off the bat. Now, if you're looking at a family room, you want to make sure that you're not blocking any pathways with large pieces of furniture. And you want to make sure that there's a good path to any doorways. So to get in and out of the room, you got to make sure that people can kind of get out in and out of the room. Otherwise, it's a bad design right off the bat. So for major traffic areas, like if you, this is going right to through, through the kitchen or right to a bathroom or right to a hallway, you want to make sure that you have a minimum of 30 inches of walkway, preferably up to 48 inches if you have someone that um, maybe has disabilities or access issues. Uh, 36 is generally going to be pretty good though. Now, if you can't do that, or in many rooms, especially like a family room, you don't want to have three feet between your sofa and your coffee table, then you want to try and keep it around 24 inches, just so people can kind of walk through, sneak around. Uh, that's fine. Or if it's like between, let's say, a chair and the fireplace, you may even want to have more than 24 inches for that. But um, you know, if it's like a walkway, you want to at least have two feet of space so that you can walk through it effectively and not feel trapped or have a situation where somebody, you know, um, you know, falls or hurts themselves or bangs their leg on something. That's never a good start. All right. The seventh tip for furniture placement is design it for ease of use. And what I mean, mean by this is pretty simple. So think of, again, a family room. If you've got a sofa in your family room, you want to have a table near the end of the sofa so people can you know, set a book down, set a drink down, whatever it is that they're doing in there. So make sure that there's a table within reaching distance. Now, if this is going to be more of a relaxing room where you're going to sit back, then you want to make sure you have something maybe uh, so that you can put your feet up. As far as coffee tables and things like that, you want to keep a coffee table usually about 18 inches away from the sofa just so that you have enough leg room. Um, and again, you don't want to bang your legs on the table and things like that. So you want to just make sure that everything works right. If you are going to be reading a lot, make sure that lamp is on the side that you're sitting. That's easily uh, able to turn on uh, because not, there's nothing more frustrating when you go in a room and you have to spend a bunch of time manipulating it just to make it work right. And the eighth tip for great furniture placement is to build in contrast. So this is a really important element in the room as well. So we talked a little bit about varying the size and uh, that type of thing in a room, but this is how you would also create some interest is having contrast. And you can do this again in several different ways. So if most of your furniture is very linear and very square, 
then you're gonna wanna add some curves into the room. So if you have square furniture, then maybe put a round table in there just to mix it up a little bit. Or um, if, if your furniture is very curvy type, then, then maybe go with more square, like a square table or a square element in the room just so that there's some contrast and there's some variety. You can also, and we see this a lot now with, with homes where people have a very solid color piece of furniture, like let's say it's a, a gray sofa, and then you'll see a chair that's patterned. So it'll have maybe a chevron pattern in it or a floral pattern in it, and, and it'll have a, a pop of color. So you want to build in that contrast so that there's, there's sort of a challenging of the status quo in the room. You can also do this with colors as well. So if your room is predominantly gray, that's where you want to build in that contrast. Put a splash of color in. Maybe it's a, a deep red or a teal or a pop of yellow. You want to have a little bit of contrast in that room, and that really makes a, uh, a, a better viewing experience, a better uh, design, and it's, it's just going to fit more with principles of design. And a lot of us that own homes, we're not interior designers. We don't always think that way. We just think, hey, I like this. I'm going to put this in here. And sometimes it works and, and sometimes it doesn't. So again, as you follow these principles, it should make things look and feel a lot better. The ninth tip for great furniture placement and design is to allow for circulation. So we talked a little bit about traffic flow, but you want to make sure that there's adequate space to circulate through the room. So again, if you're in a dining room, for example, you want to have almost four feet between the end of the table and the nearest wall or next piece of furniture so that you can pull that chair out and that people can walk not only behind it when the chair is pulled out. Because think of a dining room, for example. You know, if you get a lot of people in there and all their chairs are pulled out and all of a sudden the chairs are against the wall and then people are trying to walk around and bring food in. Our guests are coming and going. Someone's got to get up and go to the bathroom and everyone's got to kind of squeeze in, um, banging into each other, that type of thing. That's, that, that means you've got too much furniture in that room or it's not placed properly. You want to be able to circulate. You don't want to be like the Home Alone movie, if you remember that, where uh, the kid's trying to walk behind the chair and the guy pushes a chair out and the kid gets his face smashed against the wall. That stuff always happens on the holidays, right? We don't want that to happen. So make sure that there's enough room to circulate around the room, um, especially dining rooms. That's that's one of the rooms where it, that for some reason we never seem to make them big enough for those big holidays and it, everyone gets kind of crammed in there and it, it can kind of be a miserable experience. I think, I think a lot of people hate the holidays because of things like that. So uh, definitely allow for that. Same with family rooms. Make sure that, you know, you've got some some room for everyone to get around um, without you know banging into each other, and then lastly in a bedroom, you do want to have at least two feet between the side of the bed and a wall. So you know you kind of roll out a bed in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom or something. You don't want to be banging into the wall. You want to have a little bit of room there for that. That also gives you enough room to put in an end table as well. So uh, most end tables are two feet, maybe eighteen inches at the smallest. So you want to have at least that amount of space to fit an end table in as well. And then you're going to want to have at least three feet between the end of the bed or the side of a bed and a swinging door because, again, you want to be able to open that fully and be able to navigate through it. And think about that. The reason you need three feet is the door may only be um, you know, 28 inches or 30 inches or something like that, but you do need to have room to, if the door is open, to kind of walk around it um, 
if the door is partially open. Otherwise, you're going to be kind of stepping off to one side and trying to open the door, and that's no fun either. All right, and then the last tip for you guys on room placement is to do your planning. So ideally, before you buy your furniture, get a layout of the room. If you have a blueprint, that's the easiest. If you don't have that, you can scale something off. Just draw the shape of the room to scale. Measure your furniture and scale that off and, and just start placing it. And look, look at it from overhead because that'll really give you a good perspective of how things are going to lay out. Is there going to be enough room in this area or not? And a lot of times doing that can be so helpful. I just redid. We had a dining room. I turned it into a sitting room where we've got a nice fish tank and all those kind of things. And before I redid that room, I drew it out on a piece of paper. And I said, my fish tank is going on this wall. I'm going to put a storage cabinet next to it. And we've got these really cool round chairs. Uh, so we got square. Uh, I actually followed some of these rules, and I didn't even realize it. But I've got the square cabinet, and then I've got the, the round chairs, and then we've got a square end table again. So it's, it's kind of different. We got the different elements in, and we got some dark, and we got some light colors. Um, and the fish tank's got kind of the color pop in it with the blue water and things like that in the gray room. So kind of got a lot of those elements, but we planned it out on paper. And we wanted to make sure all the pieces fit in the room so that it has a good feel, has a good look to it. So again, if you follow these 10 tips when you're buying furniture, when you're planning out a room, you're going to have a great design. It's going to look good. You're going to be happy with it a lot longer, and you'll make sure that you make a good investment because nobody wants to buy furniture, get it delivered into the room, have to take it back, then go back to the store, pick out something else. That's no fun. You want to kind of plan it out and then see it all come together. And when you do all these things correctly, it is a wonderful thing. So once again, I hope you guys have enjoyed the Home Building Hero. Please do me a favor. We are growing rapidly, but I want to continue to grow the program so we can help more people. So please, if you get a chance, you're listening on Apple Podcast, hop in the app, just search for Home Building Hero, and take a second and give us a review. I'd really appreciate it. Helps us out. It helps people realize the value of this podcast. We've gotten quite a few good reviews in recently, so we really appreciate it, but we'd like a few more. So please take a second, write a sentence or two. Hopefully give us a five-star rating. We'd really appreciate it. So once again, if you guys have any questions, comments, or ideas for future shows, please feel free to reach out. You can email me at homebuildinghero at yahoo.com. Again, homebuildinghero at yahoo.com. I'd love to hear from you guys. And once again, I am David Bellman, president of Bellman Homes. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Homebuilding Hero, and we'll talk to you very soon.